Last cast. The last podcast you'll ever need to listen to. Hello and welcome. As today's guest on Last Cast, we have Dr. Elizabeth Mix. It's very nice to have you. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Very nice. Very nice. How was your morning so far? Uh, I had a couple of great meetings. And in particular, we met up with some of the staff in a little meeting we call the Corona Corner, where we support each other uh, during the, the lockdown. And uh, we played a game called Scribble. I don't know if you've ever played it, but it's like a digital uh, yeah. dictionary kind of game. And yeah. it's a lot of fun. Great. Super nice. So you're you're uh, working together with all the teachers from the from the faculty um, to really cr create a feeling of uh, group feeling in these. Yeah, times, well, right? I, I'd say it's more the staff members. So it's the it's the staff members who report to me as head of, head exactly. of student affairs. So great. Great. Yeah, so um, you're head of student affairs. Um, could you quickly tell me about your position um, within the faculty and how that connects to the liberal arts and sciences program? Yeah, so um, head of student affairs and support staff, it's kind of two pieces, right? And the student affairs part are um, all things having to do with taking care of students. So everything from getting students registered and running introduction week to um, all the way through graduation. Um, right. is handled by student affairs. And then um, the support staff overlaps a little bit with student affairs, um, but we've got support staff in quality assurance, in instructional technology, um, the secretariat. So um, the, the staff members who take um, minutes at various meetings um, for different committees, such as the faculty board, right? Um, and we've got uh, people who work in facilities. So um, most of you, I think, know Hugo, kind of there at the front desk and Anya, those are um, part of the facilities and they are also par part of the yeah. support staff. So um, student advising, it's change, um, admissions, marketing, it all kind of falls underneath the support staff. Really, really nice. And you're the the bigger co coordinator of everything. Yeah, well, I don't like yeah. to call myself a boss, but yeah, I guess I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the boss, but. Uh, kind yeah. of, yeah. And kind that's also of, yeah. How we, yeah. Great. That's also how we met, right? Um, with That's right. Uh, one of uh, in one of these sessions where uh, you asked us about how we are doing and about our experience so far, and that was a really really nice thing. So today's episode to kick it off is about the liberal arts and science program and about its principles, right? And um, Elizabeth Mix has represented the liberal arts and science program um, on various events so far. Um, especially in the University of Groningen um, and our faculty. And thus she has great expertise in the field and knows what our program, the Liberal Arts and Sciences, that's where also the name comes from, Last Cast, right? Um, where it's from. So, um, Elizabeth, how would you describe the LAS program to a layman in approximately one minute? Well, I would say it's a broad program with lots of freedom designed to give students skills and content knowledge um, so students can pursue multiple paths for the future. So I'm thinking of different careers and different master's programs, right? So LAS is a program for students who are interested in lots of different subjects and don't want to choose just one. And it's also located in, I think, the best student city in the Netherlands, right? <laughs> We offer yes. social sciences, sciences, and humanities with an interdisciplinary approach. And that means that we feel that, that big questions can be addressed better when people from different disciplines come together. 
rather than looking just from one particular um, discipline. Yeah, so that's where also the freedom of choice comes in, right? The liberal mm -hmm. from the liberal arts and sciences, the freedom of, of choice. So you can really construct your own kind of own curriculum, right? Mm -hmm. Great, mm -hmm. really nice. So um, taking that into account, what would be the three words that you would intuitively use to describe liberal arts and sciences? Well, um, my three words, it has to start with freedom, right? Yes, so yes. the first one is freedom. Mm -hmm. The second one is community. And the third is international. And Great, yeah. I don't know if you want me to elaborate a little bit, but um, those are the three words. Yeah, definitely. Why, why, sh why community? Um, yeah. yeah, well, it, it, is, it is a feeling within our program, right? This sense of community. And um, I, I've been working in higher education for more than 20 years. And I have to say that, that the feeling of almost being part of a family in our program is a very distinct aspect. It's actually something I've never had at a different program before. So um, yeah, that's why I say community. There is, it goes beyond kind of friendship. It's more kind of really caring for each other. And I see that caring goes across from the teachers to the students and from the teachers to the staff and from the staff to the students. Um, and I think you see that the most at, at graduation, honestly. So um, typically students will construct a video and uh, you always get this real feeling of community that um, is how they're gonna remember our program. Great, so not only an inclusive feeling um, for, for the students itself, but also um, for the teachers, for the staff, that everyone is really connected. And that's also super nice because I, as a first year student, I'm living in our, in the student housing Frascati, which is mandatory for all first year students for the first year. Afterwards, you can move out. But for the first year, really everyone from the program, approximately 150 people every year, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 So that's, um, that's still, um, um, measurable size of of people but still really inclusive and everyone is living together in the first year to really build that sense of community right great really really nice um so could you connect the overall liberal arts and science program to honing a bit more about the, the general out outline of the program how it also unfolds over the three years of the bachelors yeah absolutely so um, I'm, I'm gonna talk about the, the first semester and then the second semester of the, of the first year and then the second year and the third year, right? But um, yeah. obviously I'm not gonna be able to go into, into a lot of very specific detail, but it give you a, a sense of kind of how the program is designed. So in the first semester, um, we really want students to be introduced to the concepts of interdisciplinarity and also start doing some, some broad skill development that they will utilize when later they choose their ma their major or specialization, right? So the first semester is made up of two blocks and um, you've got uh, really three courses in each of those two blocks for the first semester. You have a course that runs the full first, first semester called Challenges in Modern Society and that is addressing a particular topic of um, interest, a big problem is one way to think about it. And so I, I think uh, we're yeah. using climate change this year. Yeah, exactly, and that was really interesting. Yeah, and so uh, you've got teachers from different disciplines who teach that course. And so the idea is you get to see how um, 
experts in different fields approach a very big problem like climate change. Um, and then you've got uh, a academic skills class that helps you develop your communication skills in an academic context, because academic communication is a little bit different than just um, everyday communication. And in the second block, you, you follow that up with an academic research class. And then in the first semester, you also get to choose two core electives, and those are interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary classes that are um, thematic. So you might choose love, or you might choose war, or um, how things work, which is a course on physics, and that class, the students actually go ice skating, um, and learn about the physics of ice skating. So there are lots of different Great, yeah. choices, yeah? Then um, in the second semester of your first year, you might already choose your specialization or major, and you go a little more in depth now into your research and methodology that's associated with, with whatever path you're um, moving towards. And you've also got the opportunity to do some uh, electives in your major or your specialization area. In the second year then, you focus mostly on your major and so then it depends like what choices you've made. In the third year, um, the first semester of the third year is what's called space for the minor, but you can use your minor space in lots of different ways. You can take a university minor, you can do what's called a broadening and deepening minor, where you actually combine your major with your minor to get even cool. more in depth. And for yeah. some masters, that's a good idea. You also might study abroad with that minor space and most recently, we started doing a full semester internship program where you can actually be placed in an internship using those credits. And then in the spring of your third year, you'll actually be doing your um, your thesis. Yeah, so obviously. It's that has a, to come as well, yeah. That's very important. So yeah, that's definitely. kind of what it looks like. You know, you Great. start with, you start by exploring and then you get more, more specific. And then um, in the third year, of course, it's the most specific that you're going to get in terms Definitely. of your curriculum. But getting back to the freedom of choice, you wouldn't necessarily mm -hmm. have to pick a specialization. For example, you could also pick a free major and really pick all the courses that are really of your interest within, let's say, um, I would say humanities and social sciences, right? So that is, that is within possibility as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we've actually got multiple different paths that you can take in our program. So you can you can choose a free major, which has the most flexibility. You can choose a, a what I would call a regular major. Sometimes I call them a flat major. Um, mm. That is humanities, social sciences, or the sciences, like a, a more of a medical sciences kind of uh, approach. And um, we also have something even more specific called specializations. And that's a very specific, you might call recipe of courses that go together. But in the pre-major, usually what students will do is combine pieces of different specializations, or they might combine pieces of different majors, and they might bring in some courses from the broader University of Groningen. Right. So great. lots so of freedom. Truly, truly interdisciplinary and true freedom to to choose and still be still be specific, not to lose that sense. So you're that's not right. all over the place after all. But really, um, it, it comes with a certain sense of responsibility that you also have to construct your curriculum, especially if you choose a free major, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it really gives you a great sense of freedom. Great, really, really nice. Um, so could you expand a bit? What are the particular skills and learning outcomes 
students would take with them with respect to theoretical knowledge and practical application? Well, we're a little bit different in that we think about our learning outcomes and learning outcomes are just, that's a fancy word for what you learn, right? What we want yeah. you to learn, that's called a learning outcome. And we think about our learning outcomes as um, connected to particular roles. Um, so uh, a role, for instance, like a content expert or a researcher or a communicator, right? Those are some Great, of our yeah. roles. And so we think about these learning outcomes as skills and theory and practice all kind of at the same time. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it, one thing I guess I would mention is that, it, you know, any program you study in, whether it's a LAS program or, or anywhere, you're always going to have learning outcomes and you're always going to be getting content. So content is kind of the stuff that you use, right? And then the rest of these learning outcomes have to do really with how you use the stuff that you learn. So it, you can become a content expert, I would say, in any program, whether you're at university college or you're in any faculty at the University of Groningen, you would learn content. And I would say that you would also do research. That happens when you're in college. So you can never not become a researcher, but we've got some exactly. roles that we really think are a little bit more unique. So um, one of our, roles is called an innovator and so in that case we really want you to be able to think creatively and recognize opportunities and um yeah and apply this knowledge in a way that's very um distinct and personal to you so if you um if we're talking about psychology for instance if you you study psychology in the psychology faculty you'll do psychology research and you will do um you'll learn about psychology but you won't necessarily be encouraged to apply that in a creative or innovative way um, and we also have a role called the collaborator and that has to do with our importance of uh, project work within our program so when you graduate you've actually got skills you've learned how to be a collaborator and people can learn this i mean it's an actual skill that you can learn Hmm. Um, we also have academic integrator as a role, and, and that's really where the interdisciplinarity comes in. So as an integrator, we expect you to be able to take parts of different disciplines and understand how you can put those together in order to address a problem more effectively. Um, and we also have a communicator um, role. So I would say when you're at college, you are going to learn to be a communicator but not all programs have you communicate in a wide variety of ways as maybe our program does as an undergraduate. So um, one thing that our alumni say when they go into master's programs is they tend to be in their first master's class and, and the, the uh, teacher will tell them, well, you know, you're gonna have to do a presentation. And our students will be sitting there saying, well, no big deal, because I've been doing presentations for three years. A lot of the students in those master's programs have never done a presentation. And so that's another difference between, you know, what you get in a liberal arts and science program versus a regular uh, kind of faculty. And it has right. to do with our size, right? We're, when you take a course with us, you've got 25 students in that class. And that means the teacher can have you do things like make presentations. So if you go to a faculty where you're in a class with 150 or 200 students, it's not time efficient. It's not no, possible to, for 200 students to make an individual presentation. So, so that it all means, kind of works together. 
Yeah, great. So that means that you can't just replicate the program onto onto any other program, but we really shape this this um, the approach we have with the roles in so much that we also create a kind of character for people, mm -hmm. an identity um, mm -hmm. to really not only get the theoretical knowledge, which I understood that you would get in any um, in any masters um, or any any program in that sense, mm -hmm. but also apply your knowledge and um, really get get the extra edge, right? Great. So um, cutting to the psychology you quickly mentioned, um, mm -hmm. let's let's quickly imagine Nick. He's a prospective student that's really sure about taking a psychology bachelor's. Mm -hmm. Why should st Nick still consider the LAS program? Well, what I'm going to say might surprise you, but if Nick is really sure that what he wants to do is study psychology in a psychology program, then he should do that. So I... I, it's really, really important that students follow their own passions and their desires. And if they really, really know what they want to do, mm. I wouldn't ever try to talk them out of that. But I would say that um, psychology tends to be a numerous fixus program. So there's only a certain number of slots. So Nick might apply to that program and not get in, but he still wants to study psychology. And that would be a place where I would say maybe our program is appropriate for him then because he would be able to study psychology in our program. It won't be the same. Um, it will be um, a broader program. He won't just be studying psychology. He'll be studying other yes. things too, but he might find that he really likes that. But again, if he knows 100% for sure that what he wants is this one particular thing, then I wouldn't try to talk him out of that. Um, I think our program is more for students who don't want to choose between a number of different disciplines. So if you come to me and you say, hey, I already know I want to be this, right? Then in a lot of ways, it makes sense to, to do that one very specific thing. Our program's really designed for students who say, I have lots of interests. I don't want to choose just one interest. I want to find a way to bring my interests together. And yeah. so if Nick's got more than just psychology as an interest, then then uh, thinking about liberal arts and sciences would be a good idea. Um, if he doesn't get into the numerous fixes program and he still wants to study psychology, then this would be a place where he could do that. Um, and that would be a, a, a circumstance where I mentioned this idea of the broadening and deepening use of the minor space. If what Nick wants to do is mostly study psychology, then I would suggest the, the broadening and deepening kind of um, approach. And so he yeah. could do the specialization in mind and behavior, which is the psychology specialization, and then also use his minor space to do more in psychology. Yeah, to really dive yeah. deep, definitely. Yep. So, yep. Um, but it, it kind of seems like then that the liberal arts and science program would just be a second choice program. That's also not the case, right? Well, it's not a second choice for everybody. But I think it's Definitely important that, that, that students, you know, they, we want to have students who, who uh, feel that our program is the best fit for them. And we're also looking for programs who fit our program best, right? It's kind of a two-way thing. So yeah. not every single student will find this the best program for them. And we don't, we don't admit every student who applies, right? So I guess I don't think about it as first choice or second choice, it's just, it's different options and they're designed for people with a different kind of vision 
of what they have for the future. So for instance, if Nick doesn't like being in small classes, if he, if he prefers to be in a big class where the teacher won't know that he's absent, then that's a different kind of choice, right? It's not that one's better mm. or worse, but it's different. Um, Nick might not want to do as much project work as we're gonna have in our program. And again, it's not, it's not better or worse, but it's different. So we are, we are trying to find, um, we're very conscious that we support a certain kind of student um, who doesn't wanna choose just one thing. I mean, I think that's really important. <laughs> um, and who wants to have this international experience and wants to have um, a lot of experience working on projects. I'd say that's, that's the choices that are associated yes. with our program. Not, for, not forgetting the community feeling you mentioned, right? Yeah. So it's really yeah. about the, the values uh, a person has and um, the interests and then see, okay, is, is this something for me or is um, this something for me? Great, okay. Um, but um, what would you say that the liberal arts and sciences approach could still add on top of um, Nick's psychology degree. Let's say yeah. if, he, if he's interested in psychology, but he's uh, open-minded and uh, looks around, what could be the benefit of also staying a yeah. bit more interdisciplinary within right. his psychology degree? Yeah, well, I here's what I found in my 20 years, more than 20 years of experience, is that hmm. um, sometimes you think you know what you want, but you haven't really tried it enough yet to know for sure that that's what you want. So I, what's great about a liberal arts and science program is that it does allow you to explore into disciplines you may never have thought of and, um, and to gain knowledge that really transforms your life, but you never would have discovered it if you had gone down a path where you were focusing on just one thing. So, on, on the one hand, I think broadening horizons is something that can happen as a result of Nick doing psychology in our program as opposed to just a psychology program. And Nick might also decide that um, psychology is not what he wants to do for the rest of his life. And in our program, we try to give skills with the idea that, that we expect our students will change their careers several times and that they'll need a particular flexible skill set that allows them to do that, right? So the saddest stories I've ever heard are students who come to me right when they're graduating and they tell me this story, right? Hasn't happened at UCG, it happened at my previous employer. Um, I finally discovered what I really love. Unfortunately, that's not what my degree is in. This is what students have mm. said to me. Um, and that does not happen with liberal arts and science because you've gotten a degree that allows you to do lots of different things. So you don't feel like you have to start over, right? So that would give, um, that would be a benefit, I think, to Nick as well. And, um, you know, Nick might start that psychology program. He might get into that numerous fixes program and he might decide that in fact, that's not for him. I mean, that happens quite a lot. Uh, uh, the dropout rate in, um, in other faculties Ours is much uh, much smaller, actually, than your average Dutch university dropout, your average Dutch faculty dropout. Um, because I think students at a certain age really don't know quite yet. They might have an idea of what they want to do, but they don't know for sure. And typically, this means then you wind up changing your mind. And uh, sometimes then the only way it, it to, is to drop out and essentially start over. 
So yeah. um, it, it, I like to think that our program allows people to avoid having to drop out and start over. And I, and I can say too, I'm coming from the experience of having been a person who dropped out and started over. So I personally know the okay, benefit yeah. um, from, from uh, having pressure. Sometimes that it comes from pressure. It might come from your parents. It might come generally from society. In my case, it was from my parents. My, my, I had my mother pushing me in a very specific direction and it wasn't what I felt passionate about, but she was paying for my college and I felt like I had to do that. And so I tried, but I tried and I dropped out and I was out for five years. And then, and then I discovered what I wanted to do. So I also was much older than um, most students as a result of that particular path I had. You know, I mean, I still got to where I wanted to go. <laughs> Wasn't maybe as efficient. So I want to think that that's another another um, real benefit of a program like ours. Right, yeah. So you can really stay flexible in, in your choice and also in your opportunities. Um, how does that connect to the 21st century, century where we are living in right now? What does it mean to stay flexible? What would be... Um, the benefit of, of, of the liberal arts and science program then? Well, I, like I said, I, I, it allows you to change your mind as you go through your life, right? So uh, right now, statistically, people who graduate are going to have four or five distinctly different careers in their lifetime. So uh, my parents, for instance, worked at the same job for almost 50 years, never mm. changed. Same employer, same everything. Um, but in my case, you know, I'm obviously younger than my parents. I'm, I'm already on my third different career. Okay. Yeah. And, and students who are your age are going to have four or five different careers. And partly that will be because there are, there are careers right now that don't exist that are going to be developed in the next few years. And so you wouldn't even have known that they were an option. There will be careers that exist right now that don't really exist five years from now? I mean, you think about technology. Um, so, you know, where's Blu-ray right now, right? I mean, Blu-ray was supposed to be this, yeah, a, you know yeah. what I mean? The thing, I, I the mean, thing. That, yeah. that kind of thing happens. And so if you had decided that your whole life was gonna be about Blu-ray, then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I'm gonna have to change. So yeah. liberal arts and sciences is really good for getting students into this mindset it's a set of skills, but it's also the mindset that you can always adapt and change. But in order to be able to do that, you have to first of all believe that you can do it and then have these skills that allow you to feel like you're not limited, right? You don't have to think of your life as like only Blu-ray or not Blu-ray. That in between Blu-ray and not Blu-ray, there's yeah. all these other different kinds of things that you could be doing. And you, you are in a position where five years from now, something develops. So, you know, think back before drones, right? Think back before uh, people were talking about using Amazon to deliver um, things using drones. Five years from now, there's going to be something else. It won't be called a drone. We don't know what it is. Hmm. But a, a liberal arts and science student will be able to say, hey, I know that I can educate myself and use the skills I've already got. And I can go into this field that no one's ever invented before, in part because when a field is first invented or a career is first invented, um, there was no program that got you ready for that career. It didn't exist. 
So now you can study artificial intelligence, but at the beginning of artificial intelligence, there was no such thing, right? So you had to be in a position where you had learned some kind of basics of technology or programming or whatever, and then recognize, hey, um, these smartphones could use these things that we now called apps, and maybe I will learn how to make apps. But at the very beginning of that, you can't go get like a master's in app development. You yeah, kind of have to be at the at the front end, end of things and um, um, be able to see how you can use the skills that you do have to already move you in that direction. Uh, yeah. That I think is the most valuable thing. Right, so really a, a good foundation, which is still flexible to go into different directions and to change trajectories so to really be kind of right um comfortable with the uncomfortable when things change um great thank you very much um so last but not least um a small thought experiment um yeah if you imagine yourself you could have a big billboard big enough for everyone in the world to see it what would it say um I, well, for me, it would say, don't just take your parents' word for it, right? I mean, or or if it's going to be one word that everybody can see around the world, it yeah. would be explore, right? Because we all come from very specific contexts. I mean, we've had specific experiences. Our parents have told us stuff. Our friends have told us stuff. And we can get pushed in a particular direction and feel pressured that 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 must be everybody saying I should do this, so I should do it. And um, I think the most important thing for you to do is not not give in to that pressure, and really give your time to explore, um, find your passions, and um, yeah, don't just take other people's words for it, right? Great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's inspiring. Thank you very much. So, everyone, thank you for listening. That was Dr. Elizabeth Mix, Head of Student Affairs um, and Support Staff from the University College of Groningen. I thank you very much for joining us today. Any closing words? Uh, well, I, I, I think, um, I mean, you've really, you've really uh, added a lot to the conversation here today. I mean, that's one thing that I would say. So, um, yeah, I, it's been a real pleasure Great. doing the interview. Yeah, the innovator and you're the um, you're the content, the content expert collaborating together. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Great. The okay. So much the for the roles. Great. All right, everyone. Sure. Stay tuned. Next episode will be about uh, a deep dive in the advantages of the liberal arts and science program. Happy to have you next week again. Bye. Last cast. Think differently.